Hello, Maria Toso coming to you from Copenhagen. I just moved into a little apartment in the heart of Copenhagen and it's very cute. It's got a little balcony and it's it's close to the city lakes and not far from um, where my daughter lives. She's going to the university here in Copenhagen. So it's very sweet. Um, it's also the fifth place where I lay my head in a matter of eight months. So I am, I'm a little traveled out, to be honest with you. And um, not really a nomad or a gypsy by nature, although I am a Sagittarius. I got plenty of planets in Scorpio and Scorpio want safety and predictability and would rather live in the same house with the same people um, for the foreseeable future and, and feel safe. But um, what seems to be happening in the world right now, and not just in my life, and, and it seems to be an overarching theme right now, um, that whatever structures are not really sound, they're being dismantled. And that is in different areas of people's lives, but it seems to be happening across the board. And the more we cling on to what we tend to already know deep in our gut is not really working, the harder it is. So it's almost like you have to just let yourself float off with the wreckage and gradually even let go of the wreckage and just let the stream of life take you. That's very much what the process that I feel that I'm in. Um, and as is, is curious, I think I'm probably not the only coach slash teacher who's um, seeing this, uh, that you tend to have students that are in some similar process you know, it will look different. It can be in a different country. You might be a different gender, a different age, um, in different um, situation, whether that is your relationship or your job or your, your, your kids, whether you have kids or not. But there just seems to be this theme that whatever is stale and rigid is not going to stand up and hold up under this Uranus breaking down the old to make room for the new. So I would encourage you to take a good look at your own life right now, because I feel like we're so wise. I often will have clients call me and be in total distress and sort of act like I have no idea what's going on and everything is so uh, disrupted right now and I'm feeling out of sorts. And of course, that we all spin into that feeling from time to time, myself included, of course, <clears throat> that's very human. But underneath all that kind of static and spinning, there generally seems to be a wisdom that we all carry within that knows damn well what wasn't working and what needed to go. And um, it's always painful to have something stripped away. And we, we talk about what is stress. And stress is when um, enough areas of our lives are in disruption or even in a process of being dismantled. And, you know, if we have a, a, a home that we feel 
safe in and finances that are sound, then maybe we can tolerate having a relationship fall apart or, or a job fall apart. Or uh, the opposite could be true. We have a good relationship. We have a good job. So we can, we can, you know, weather the storm of insecure finances or, you know, losing a home or moving uh, or what have you. But what I'm seeing is that there is a lot of people, and again, myself included, where it's not one area of life. It's really uh, many areas of life at the same time where things don't feel steady. And furthermore, there seems to be um, a realization that you have a hand in it. And, and that is, of course, the truth that we are um, the creator of our own experience and some bigger, wiser, divinely connected piece of us is shaking up our more limited earth self, our more limited ego-based self, so that we release and let go of the predictable in favor of something that is a higher expression of who we want to be. And if we have held on to structures in different areas of our lives for too long that limited our expansion, they will have to go. That's just what it what seems to be happening right now. And so I'm creating this particular podcast for you, if you are in a situation where you are feeling that something is falling apart and there is this human um, tendency to think that falling apart is wrong, right? Everything is falling apart, boo-hoo. I mean, that, and even if we, if we look at someone else and things seems to be falling apart, we feel empathy, we're worried, um, it, it doesn't feel good. But what if it is good? What if we historically looked back at our own lives and looked at the times when something had fallen apart and what came in its place? And what if we could know in the moment that something is falling apart that we are creating space for something new, right? So it's trusting that. It's trusting our own process even as we can't see a damn thing. And there is also this human tendency to think that if we're in um, a phase of dismantling and uncertainty and ungroundedness, that then it will always be this way. It's, it's really hard to see where the next uh, place of ease and grace is. And then we miss all the grace and ease that actually is there. So one exercise that I think becomes even more important now than ever, if you are also in a, in a state of dismantling, is to be super, super grateful for even if it's temporary structures that you have around you. Even if you just met a friend and you don't know if this new friendship is going to become a lifelong thing or a week-long thing, but it's there right now and it's a connection that feels good. Or you um, do have some place to stay. Maybe you, I have a friend who just sold her house and now she's in temporary a temporary place that she rented. Can we sink as deeply into a temporary place as though we knew we would be there for 30 years with that degree, degree of ease and peace in the body? And then we don't stress ourselves out. And when the time comes that we 
shift into something different, it's again with ease and grace. So all this dismantling that's happening kind of worldwide and in the lives of many, many individuals is asking us to become even more present, even more surrendered, even more trusting of the process that we're in. And um, we're not going to feel that sense of surrender and trust and ease and grace at all times. We're going to freak out. And that's why I feel like having each other is incredibly important. So that you might be in a freak out place today, your friend will be there tomorrow. But in between your own freak outs or your own sense of, you know, I'm not sure about anything, there is this sense of of peace, grace that, that comes through. And when you're in that state, you have the capacity to turn to someone else and put their mind at ease about what they're going through, help them trust their own process. And you can even help yourself trust your own process. So it becomes this exchange between less evolved, more freaking out, um, more um, childlike you, and then the the greater, more source-connected, God-connected part of you that just knows this is going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You are morphing into the next version of you. And all the spiritual work that you have done up until this point has led you here. And you could not have been led here any sooner because you were not ready. And you cannot be any further on the path because you are not ready. You're like yeast, (laughs) you know, dough with yeast that's evolving. And there is a timing to that. And there is a process to that. And just like the dough is rising and at some point it reaches the edge of the bowl. And, you know, that may be when it's done, ready to bake, ready to put in the oven. Um, that you also that you also trust that and that you relax and rest into the process. So I'm promising you that I'm telling myself this as much as I'm telling you. Um, but I've also learned that we tend to be drawn to and draw to us people that are going through similar things. So whatever you're going through right now, to try to verbalize it, write about it, speak about it, um, can be incredibly helpful both for you, but also for those closest to you, whether you're a teacher or you're, um, you know, simply have good friends and family around you, that you, you try to verbalize, this is what seems to be happening around me and, and hear the places that scare me. And that becomes then yet another opportunity, both for someone else to be, to be there and say, hey, I'm listening, I'm here, I, I, I get that you're scared. That's enormously helpful to receive the support and empathy from others. But you really don't want to depend on that either. You really want to become such a good, steady, consistent friend of yourself that you are able to do that for yourself. And here's the painful part of that. That will not happen if you are never alone. If you don't experience 
times of loneliness where it feels as though the universe has, you know, um, withdrawn its support and friends have withdrawn their support, family, um, have with family members have withdrawn their support. Um, and it, it may be like a day or an hour, or it could be a longer, more extended time. Um, but even in that time, I can remember one time I first started doing all this work of feeling the triggers in my body. And I was working with a book by um, a South African guy, and I wish to God I remembered his name right now, but he wrote a book called The Presencing Process. I know he's since passed, but his book is definitely worth looking up. And he talks about a process where you do a specific kind of meditation, breath work, which is somewhat similar to the Wim Hof breathing, but, but different because it's a full 15 minutes of connected breathing. You don't have little pauses in there. Um, and while doing that breath work, you use a mantra that's, it's been a while since I worked with it, so I'm, I might be paraphrasing here, but he says, I am here. I am here now, something like that. So you become super present in your body with yourself. And you do that as a daily practice, but then you do it even more so when you're triggered to um, recognize that the trigger is in the body. So when someone triggers you, that's kind of the way we use the language, they are a messenger that are pointing a light at where your trigger is. Now, that doesn't mean that they're innocent. It doesn't mean that if someone treats you with anything less than love, compassion, presence, kindness, um, that there's an excuse for that. You know, that's their issue if they're not, you know, kind and good and loving. <clears throat> but your work is to be with the piece of you that is scared in the face of their lack of love and care, if that's what it is, because sometimes we can perceive that even if that isn't indeed what it is. But um, he would say that the, um, the person that does whatever um, is triggering you is the messenger, and then you sit with the feeling in the body. And uh, back to experiencing, working with that process, um, this has been like a good 10, 12, 15 years. It's, it's a little while ago that that book came out. Um, but something triggered me. Um, and the, the reaction was like kind of a, a hurricane in the body. Um, but I was in the middle of reading this book. So I was able to, as the author of this book, and I wish I remembered his name right now, but um, the author of this book said, dismiss the messenger as quickly as you can, because the temptation to lash out at the messenger and attempt to make them change and be different so that you won't have to feel this is going to be so overwhelming. It's what we're conditioned to do. So you need to get away from the messenger. Even if they start like, oh, let's talk about it. You know, what's up? Tell me how you feel. It's like, no, 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 no. You go in there and be with yourself. I am here. I am here. I'm here and be with it. And then what you will experience, and this is a quite similar, and in some ways my own Heal What Hurts journey work really grew out of this early work. Um, you, will, you, will be, um, you will receive from your own energy field, the energy field of your own body, messages about 
the old pain that resides in the body that is resurfacing in the face of, of similar behavior um, to what happened to you. And then you have the opportunity to really hold it and be with it and process it. And, and that is true healing. You're not actually healing. Even if the, the messenger had agreed to change their behavior completely and do all that holding for you, you would have sort of stayed at the surface level, at the, you know, at the level of the, the, the thistle um, shooting up above ground. You would not have gotten to the root of where that original pain resided within you. So it's just to say that periods of aloneness are essential for this work to really be with what is arising. And it's excruciating. It really is. I um, did a 10-day meditation retreat some years back called Vipassana where you meditate for 10 days and you don't look at anyone, you don't talk to anyone, um, you don't eat much, you don't read, you don't write. So you're really with what arises when you sit and feel your body and feel your breath. And no one got through that without, I wouldn't just say crying, but sobbing because so much old grief is living in the energy fields of our body and it makes us sick over time. I would even assert that the reason why human beings don't get older and tend to get unwell as we age is all the unprocessed emotional um just this undigested emotional energy that is in the body. And um, we do so much to not feel that, whether it's eating or drinking or avoiding certain situations, uh, avoiding certain people. Um, And I'm not saying that we should willingly walk into the arms of abuse, but I, I would assert that what draws you towards someone who is less than kind to you and that's all of us to some extent are these old wounds within and there can also be um, a little bit of a misunderstanding around that like oh your trigger is yours the other person is innocent and you should really be able to function with anybody because you could just keep working on your triggers and I don't agree with that at all. I I agree that you are deserving of deep love and compassion and kindness and that you ideally would treat everyone with deep love and kindness and compassion. And it's not just that you um, are triggered by someone else. They may be triggered into treating you that way. So it's these shadow wounds within each of us that bring up this behavior that then can be worked consciously with. But if that behavior is not transcended and transformed um, and healed, then it just becomes an endless picking at an old wound and never letting it heal. So that's why we have to be so cautious with these relationships that... mm, we, we call them toxic relationships when, you know, when people are constantly triggering each other and they absolutely can be. It would take two incredibly conscious individuals to let a co-triggered dynamic um, transcend 
the, the more primitive patterning because both people become um, very young, very immature in their lashing out at each other. And to bring full love and awareness to that is really difficult when you're really hurting. Um, in my own life and in my coaching practice, I would say, and I'm sorry to say this, but I would say that more often than not, people who trigger the hell out of each other can co-evolve and really grow to a point. Um, and at a certain point, they have to evolve beyond the triggers. They have to be evolve beyond the painful behavior that is triggering the other person. And that is not often happening and it to be consistently triggered to feel like you're walking on thin ice and and you're going to fall into cold water at any given moment is is really harmful to the nervous system to your sense of well-being and safety in the world and um, until you are fully fully united with god i.e enlightened that is too much to tolerate then you start kind of damaging your vessel, your, um, your, your body. And, and it becomes much, much harder to function in the world. So there's a, there's a really fine line there. And if I see a client or have observed it myself, ongoing um, reactivity in a certain area, you may well be done. You know, you may well, you can continue to work with the pain within. Um, but if you, for example, were with an absent, you had a, an absent-minded parent or parent that were downright absent, and then you spend much of your adult life um, chasing, really, someone who resembles that parent, and you, you want a do-over, you want this partner to do what this parent didn't do, namely be there for you consistently. But because of your wounding, you have been drawn to exactly the kind of person who probably had the same issue that your absent parent had and could not be consistently present. Um, so unless that person then sort of transforms into a consistently present person, which is really unlikely in most cases, then your real work is to realize, wow, I've been trying to get love where love isn't. And my real job here is to provide myself with that degree of love and that degree of presence. And when I start being that loving and present toward myself, I will not be drawn to somebody who would treat me with less than that. And then you start drawing in people that are more the vibration of how you treat yourself. So you might even say, and this is, this is harsh, and some might call it victim shaming, but that it's not meant as that. It's meant as a mirror that however someone treats you is how you treat yourself. And of course, that isn't true if you're walking down the street and somebody walks up to you and, and smacks you in the face for no good reason. I mean, these things happen out there in the world, and you might still... You might still analyze the energetic vibrational feel but but let's not let's just say that's wrong 
But if you decide I'm going to be with this person and befriend this person, and yes, they're going to smack me every once in a while, but I believe that they can change. That's when you are doing it to yourself. And a self-loving person would not tolerate anything less than love. So anyway, for, for what all that's worth, you are likely finding yourself in a period of deep change and transformation. You're watching outer structures change and shift what you thought you could trust in the world in terms of authority figures. You, you might feel that you, you can't and you're probably right. Um, and maybe you never could, but you, you, in a childlike fashion, you thought you could. And all of a sudden, you look all around you and you want to find that one person or a people or party or uh, parents or someone out there who can be this authority figure that has it right and is a good person and is somebody you can run to and go to and have that conversation with. And what seems to be happening right now is those are being stripped away because they never really were true anyway. And what's left is the divine voice within, is God. And then God becomes the authority figure and God is reciting as light, as breath, as holiness in your heart. And that's when we become whole. Each of us become the very church, the very temple, the very mosque, the very um, structure into which the divine is born. And then we start recognizing that in each other. And then we can come together as two completely illuminated temples that can illuminate the world together and illuminate each other even further but we're not an empty vessel that needs someone else's light to to be filled up. So I feel like that's the challenge. And it's not going to happen without moments of feeling utterly in darkness. And if only someone else would come and shine their light on me, I would be better. Those are the moments when you call on God. And I, I think it's a time when we're all going to be forced on our knees begging for for God to reveal divinity within us. As in the Yogananda uh, book, Autobiography of a Yogi, that's one of the things he says over and over in his meditations, God reveal thyself. So, so that really is the work right now to call upon the divine within. God reveal thyself. Yeah, so that's probably enough. I'm gonna have some dinner here in Copenhagen. And tomorrow I start teaching at a new wellness center that I'm very excited to, to work for called Welcome, um, just north of Copenhagen, close to where I grew up. So very exciting. My next chapter and um, sending you so much love. Bye.